Do you think about making dynasty trades even while watching football games? Are you thinking of player values when you should be thinking of family values? Then you may have a trading problem. Don't worry, you're not alone. I am Dynasty Outhouse and I have a trading problem. And I'm Brian Haar and I also have a trading problem. Join us for the Trade Addicts podcast where you can be with like-minded people and talk about everything in the NFL in the context of dynasty trade values. News and notes, make amends, keep trade buys, all these things we will cover every week. And don't forget Trade Addicts trades. So when you're done listening to this fine DLF family podcast, please tune into the Trade Addicts podcast. Thank you and enjoy your podcast. You're listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast, where there is no off-season. Welcome to the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I'm Dan Myler. With me, as always, Ryan McDowell and Matt Price. We've been doing these consensus tiers, guys. Uh, really going through our rankings. We covered the quarterbacks. We moved on to the running backs last week. And this week on the schedule is to talk about these wide receivers. We got a lot of guys to cover, so we're going to get into it very shortly. First, though, as we have for the last month or so, we want to talk a little bit about our openings. We have three openings in the DLF Listener League. Matt, why don't you let everybody know once again how they can get a shot at playing you, Ryan, and myself. Yeah, we're going to do a really fun dispersal auction amongst the the new owners and you know maybe some of the other owners that we have with the second chance option in this league. And to claim a team, all you got to do is go to safeleaguesfantasy.com slash orphans. Use the code DYNASTY when you claim that team. And uh, you'll get entered into the drawing to compete against the three of us and the, the rest of the, the guys in that league. Uh, one other thing to point out here is that if you are looking at claiming multiple uh, multiple teams this offseason, go ahead and use that code for the second one, too. One of our our, uh, our listeners did that. Christian Welch at Real C. Welch has done that. He's claimed two teams using that code. So he actually gets an extra entry when we put all those names in a hat. He'll have two names in there, so he'll get a better chance. So if you want a better shot against playing against the three of us, then uh, do that. Claim, claim multiple teams. This is Dynasty. It's fun. It's the offseason. You want to draft. So uh, get in there and draft with these orphan teams. Draft with us. Uh, auction with us in the dispersal in the Listener League. And uh, looking forward to, to meeting our new owners. Yeah, we, we still have a little bit of time on this, but you definitely want to want to head over to safeleaguesfantasy.com slash orphans and use that code DYNASTY as soon as possible. As soon as you uh, decide that you, you, need, you need another Dynasty team for 2020 and beyond. So let's get to these consensus wide receiver tiers, guys. And, and we'll start at the top, as we always have. And, you know, there really isn't anybody else to talk to talk about at the top but Michael Thomas. We all have him ranked at number one. Uh, there was a conversation, Ryan, between the three of us, whether maybe Thomas should be in a tier by himself. We've done that in the past at other positions or, or made really small tiers at the other positions, settled on two players at the top at both quarterback and running back. Here we thought maybe Thomas deserved to be on his own. What are your thoughts on Michael Thomas, first of all, just being on the top, and then secondly, how close the, the next tier or the next group of wide receivers are to him. I think that was a really good conversation to have um, that, that we talked about earlier because, like you said, it did kind of follow the path of the quarterbacks and running backs. So it at least made us think, is Thomas 
Uh, is he that much more valuable than the other players in that potentially in that top tier? Uh, do we see that lasting? Is is he basically is he bulletproof as the wide receiver one? And I don't think he is. So I have uh, I think I have eight wide receivers in my top tier, totally opposite of what we did with the other two positions. And I just I think back to to last year, a guy like Odell Beckham was. Uh, if, if he wasn't the wide receiver one, he was he was two or three, especially after the trade and, and the excitement around that. Uh, and now you look that he's he's certainly fallen out of the first round of dynasty startups, maybe even uh, towards the bottom of that wide receiver one range, depending on how you're valuing him right now. And you just think, you know, you, we don't expect Thomas to lose value, but uh, this this tier is just so big, so so flat that these guys are going to continue to move around. And if this time next year Drew Brees is retired and Michael Thomas is the wide receiver six or seven, that won't be that surprising. And some of that conversation that we had, Matt, regarding Thomas and, and whether he'll hold on to that number one spot or, or be just as dominant as he was in 2019 regarded Drew Brees and his future, and we also talked about Bridgewater and how he, he did post nice numbers with that backup quarterback under center with the Saints. That that all gives that's the kind of stuff that gives us pause when it comes to putting him in a tier by himself and, and really hailing him or or shouting from the rooftops that hey Michael Thomas is going to be the number one receiver in twenty twenty. It's pretty much lock, stock, and barrel if you're going to put him in a tier by himself. Yeah, I I definitely agree, and I think. If, if we had to bet on somebody to lead the league in receptions again, I think Thomas definitely leads that conversation. And I don't really think it's that close. The rest of these guys in this tier, I just, I just don't think they have that 140 plus reception upside that, that Thomas does, you know, based on uh, other weapons around them and things like that. But, you know, they can catch up in other ways with yards and touchdowns. So in terms of like pure fantasy scoring, I don't think he's necessarily the locked stock, number one receiver in 2020, but at the reception level, I think he definitely is. So I think he's, he's earned the the right to be number one Uh, overall, if we're talking about straight rankings, but in a tier based situation, like we're doing with this conversation, then there's some other guys that I think are, are his equal. So he's the, he's the captain of, of this tier one elite wide receiver uh, group that we have. Let's, let's move on to the rest of the group. And there's a lot of really interesting names. I'll, I'll spare our listeners some of the intrigue here. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Devonte Adams, Tyreek Hill, and Juju Smith-Schuster all made our top tiers as we did these separately and then brought them back in together. There are some differences though, Matt, and, and yours surrounds uh, Mike Evans and Odell Beckham Jr. So talk about those two players and how you feel they they fit with that big five that I mentioned off the top. Uh, well, Evans seems easily in the top for me. Uh, you know, we have five straight seasons of a thousand yards, uh, t- a double digit touchdown seasons. Of course, not all five of those seasons. That's very difficult to do. But he seems like the, the, the a lock for the top tier for me basically every year. He does have those down weeks occasionally with a guy we're going to talk about in a minute, I'm sure, with Chris Godwin there. Um, they still don't really have a legitimate third target, though, especially if Perriman moves on. Uh, Justin Watson, of course, is there. But Evan seems like the guy. We, we have a quarterback situation to worry about, of course, with whether or not Wentz 
Johnson's going to be back. I'm of the opinion that he is going to be back in Tampa uh, next year. I just don't see them finding a better option than him, despite you know some of his issues. And then for for Beckham, uh, I, I know I'm the only one that has him in the tier one, but I guess the way I look at this 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 tier one is that. He's still a guy, along with the rest of the ones in this tier, that has the ability to finish as wide receiver one overall. And he certainly has disappointed the last two seasons. Uh, we, we all had high expectations from him in uh, 2019 with, with Cleveland and that offense that was so, was so hyped up and disappointed. Uh, but, you know, he suffered a, through a hernia injury that he was playing with all season long, a new offensive system. We've seen it time and time again where – where wide receivers struggle in the first year with a new team. So it, 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 I can see putting him in a tier below. Uh, and I, if we if we come to that in this conversation, I'm fine with that. But I do think he still has that ability to finish as the wide receiver one overall in any given season. And we see this with these elite options where they may have a down year or so, but they're, they're, they're the ones that are, are typically going to produce year in and year out. And I still think OBG, OBJ has the talent to do that and potentially has the offensive to do that. And I know there's another new offensive system coming coming in and, and taking over there. But but hopefully Baker in year three, you know, kind of overcomes some of his issues. He seemed to take last season really, really difficult, really hard on himself uh, and, and put a lot of weight on his shoulders. So I, have, I just have to imagine that he's going to come back and OBJ is, is, is going to come back too. So still in my tier one, mostly because I think he still has the upside to finish as the wide receiver one overall, whereas the guys in tier two, I'm not sure they have that same upside. I like what you said there, Matt, and that's really how I created my tier one as well. The guys that I think have the chance to be the number one overall wide receiver in 2020 and, and maybe even some guys that are 2021 and beyond as well because we had Juju Smith-Schuster in there. The differences I had, I didn't have Mike Evans. I was the only one that didn't put Mike Evans. Now, I, I had eight guys in and Evans was the first guy in tier two. And, and part of the reason I... I held back on Evans is because I, I I really dislike those bummer games, those donuts that he seems to put up every season. Uh, and, and his bummer games aren't four for 43. His are zero catches for zero yards with two drop touchdowns, the kind of games that sink a fantasy team. And, and I don't think that's the kind of guy you want to stick in your lineup and be your wide receiver one week in and week out week out. So I prefer him down just a little bit. The guys I have above him, others than the five that we mentioned, Chris Godwin, his teammate, while he did have a, a real stinker this year as well, his bad games seem to be in that five for 55 kind of range where you can still get by. You're not getting sunk by it. He's an elite receiver to me. And I, I really look forward, especially if there's a quarterback change to what that could create. Now, um, it, it could be a negative because if they go to a quarterback that's not willing to sling it down the field quite as much as Jameis, uh, maybe that impacts these guys, especially in games when they're winning. Uh, other than that, I had Amari Cooper, who Ryan will talk glowingly about, I'm sure, because uh, he had him in that tier as well. He also had Godwin. And then I put DJ Moore in tier one. I love what he did at the end of the season, guys. I think he is an elite receiver already. He showed it. It was over a small sample size towards the end of the season with poor quarterback play. Um, he's the buy of the year at wide receiver for me. I'm, I'd sell Mike Evans in a heartbeat for DJ Moore. Ryan, your thoughts on this tier one. Outside of that top five, you had Amari Cooper, Mike Evans, and Chris Godwin. Yeah, well, uh, certainly would would really just echo what what Matt said about Evans. Um, I, I mean, he's he's produced every single year, and yes, he 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 has had a, a couple of those 
uh, Goose Egg Games. He had one last year, actually. Uh, our guy Amari also had one he had, and had another that was just uh, two fantasy points. So I think every receiver gives us those games. Uh, I, don't, I don't know why Evans... Uh, I don't know why we talk more about it with Mike Evans than others, but uh, regardless, as far as Amari Cooper, I think we're, we're seeing improvement from him. Certainly since he got out of Oakland wide receiver uh, 19 in 2018 and then wide receiver 10 last year, some questions certainly about does he stay in Dallas? Does Dak Prescott stay in Dallas? So uh, maybe a little bit of uncertainty with his value, but I'm still shocked to think, to hear Matt say he'd rather have OBJ than Amari. Yeah, I mean, it's it's close. It just, it just comes down to that ultimate upside, you know. I I, I don't have a, either side. Either side, I think, is, is coming out fine in that deal. But I, I don't think we'll ever see Amari Cooper be the, the wide receiver one overall. I mean, I, I could certainly be wrong about that, but I think I, I just don't I, don't. I don't know. I think he disappears in games, like you said. And, you know, the year-end counting stats, you know, certainly can put him in the top five. But I just don't. I just don't see him get ever being the wide receiver one overall, especially with Michael Gallup up and coming, uh, you know, so I, and then wanting to really focus on Zeke in the, in the running game for, for most of it. So he just seems like somebody who isn't necessarily going to get the same type of volume as these other guys. I, I have another guy to talk about if you, in this tier, if you guys want to. Uh, well, I, before, before we get to that, Matt, let's, let's kind of clean up what we have to this point. Of course, we had Michael Thomas and DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, and Juju Smith-Schuster. He's the guy that I would, if there was one guy that would would fall out of Tier 1, it'd probably be Juju because of that negative season that he had. And and like I said, I like those guys that have the upside to to be that number one overall wide receiver. Because I stretched it for, for maybe a longer term, Juju seems like he could be that guy. Maybe it's not in 2020. Maybe it's beyond then. Uh, but he still feels like he he should have that bump so you two matt ryan you guys each had mike evans i had him out i'm willing to to say well the consensus here is that probably mike evans belongs and if you polled dynasty owners everywhere they're gonna put mike evans name in that tier way more often than not so that seems legit amari cooper ryan and i both had amari in there uh, Matt, you didn't. Maybe that nudges him into this ranking. And then Matt, you said you had one other guy we need to talk about. Yeah, I want to. I just want to briefly mention Chris Godwin. I'm totally fine. You guys both have him in tier one. I'm totally fine putting him there. But we see time and time again where these receivers that where we have two receivers finish in basically like the top 20 every year uh the, the following year somebody somebody falls out of that uh we saw it with Diggs and, and Thielen last year now this is a little bit different situation because Thielen is a little bit older of a receiver right um but uh I mean if I have to pick one of Evans and Goblin that's gonna fall out of the top tier or fall out of that top 20 from a fantasy point standpoint I'm going to choose Godwin over Evans every time. Evans has proven that he is the target hog in that offense, uh, and I, I, there's no way I can put him at the same level with Evans just because of that. I think he is an excellent player, but I don't think as long as Evans is, is in there that Godwin has a chance to finish as the wide receiver one overall. And again, that's how I did my tier, so I guess that's why I'm, I'm saying that. But uh, between those two, I just don't see it. I, I get that. I get those concerns. But, I mean, we have seen it. We've seen it. Um, and we have to go back a little way, a little ways, but we saw it with Fitzgerald and Bolden. We saw it with Harrison and Wayne. We've seen these wide receiver duos both score consistently as, uh, if not wide receiver ones, at least, 
uh, top 15, top 18 wide receivers year after year. And Godwin outscored Evans already. He did it last year. So I, I don't think it would be a stretch if it happened again. I don't either. So, you know, it, it seems like you're willing to make that move, Matt. So we'll, we'll bump Evans and Godwin up into this top seven or, or tier one worth of guys and, and move on to tier two, I guess. Uh, in the past, we've talked about who's the closest one to jumping into tier one. I mentioned Juju is maybe the guy closest to dropping out for me. Maybe that's Cooper as well. There's a conversation to be had there. I mean, let's just skip right to, to tier two. We, we've already talked about Amari Cooper. I mentioned DJ Moore. You guys each have, uh, we all three have them in the top two tiers. So we'll put them in here. DK Metcalf is another name that came up in tier two for all of us. Outside of that, there's one name missing from one ranker's uh, tiers here, and that's you, Matt. So we need to talk a little bit about A.J. Brown. He is closer to tier one than he is to tier three. For me, uh, you you slid him down a little ways. You, you put him in tier three. You have some concerns, obviously. It's really mostly a, a, an like an, a, an offensive scheme situation for him. You know, we assume that Derrick Henry is going to be back. You know, maybe maybe Derrick Henry is not going to be back, and they switch to more of a passing oriented offense there. Uh, but that is the biggest concern. And then the second concern is the rest of these guys in this tier two, and of course in tier one, they all have you know top end quarterbacks. I I'm, I know Tannehill had a great season, uh, but I I'm not willing to take the leak that he is a top tier quarterback. So uh, he AJ Brown, he was a rookie. So having him disappoint in the playoffs a little bit is certainly uh, not not a surprise necessarily. But uh, I guess I guess it's because of a volume based situation and and the quarterback situation is why he's different than the rest of these guys in this tier for me. Um, but you know I, I think that dynasty owners in general we've seen this in mock drafts we've seen this uh, certainly with trade value that they are valuing him this high. So I don't have a problem with putting there, but I do think he's just a tier below, just a, like maybe not even a full tier, maybe just a, a small little notch below uh, these guys. I have Cooper. You know we've, we're moving him up into oh, we're not moving up into tier one. We're keeping him tier two. Keenan Allen. You know I. I still have a huge amount of love for him, and I know he's below that for you guys, but he seems like a, a potential 90-plus catch upside guy every single year. Chris Godwin, again, in here for me, D.J. Moore, and, and D.K. Metcalf. You know, I think D.K. Metcalf and A.J. Brown are certainly kind of on the same level ability-wise, but D.K. Metcalf has – has uh, has has some volume issues too, but he's got Russell Wilson throwing him the football, and uh, I, I'm taking that 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 little extra bonus there with the quarterback upgrade over AJ Brown like every day. If somebody wants to send me AJ, uh, send me DK Metcalf for AJ Brown, I, I'm happy to take that deal. I think you can make that trade, and uh, I I wouldn't disagree with it. I I think they're uh, the two rookies or, or soon to be second year players, I guess Metcalf and Brown, former college teammates. I think they're closer in value than than many are suggesting as well. So I, I don't hate that. I do think we should put Amari Cooper in the top tier, though. Uh, Dan, you and I both had him in, in our top tier. So is that is that how we're deciding this? Yeah, it, it was it was probably an oversight on my on my end because he was ranked in the in the top tier for both Ryan and myself. And and Matt, I don't know if you did it in order. You had him as your top second tier guy. Is is that tier break a large one or is that the a half a tier, like you said with AJ Brown? 
No, I think it's fine. Again, I, I have my tier one based on, you know, who can finish his wide receiver one overall, and I not necessarily think Cooper uh, uh, can do that, but I'm, I'm, it's, it's close enough that I'm fine doing it. You know, he's, he's certainly got proven that he's a top producer, and if I had him as my wide receiver one on a team, I'm totally fine with that. So uh, I'm fine with him in tier one. Okay, so that puts a finality to Tier 1. Thomas, Hopkins, Adams, Hill, and Juju Smith-Schuster. We also added Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Amari Cooper. When it comes to this Tier 2, now we we only have three locked in. DJ Moore, DK Metcalf. It seems like Matt doesn't have any problem with making A.J. Brown part of this tier as well because of the similarities between Metcalf and Brown. After that, it gets a little shaky. I had Odell Beckham Jr. in this tier and Cortland Sutton as well Ryan you had Cortland Sutton Matt you did not and then Matt you mentioned Keenan Allen and Cup which Ryan and I both left out and bumped down one tier so are we sticking to this this couple or just three players in tier two or how bullish are you going to be Ryan on Odell Beckham Jr. staying inside this top 12? Well, Matt had uh, OBJ as a tier one player. You have him as tier two. I I actually have him as tier three. So I I think we certainly, if we're going consensus here, we at least have to have him in tier two. And I do, I I do still, I I like Beckham. I like him as a buy low. I think his value has dropped a ton uh, as, as it probably should have after last year. He's not a player I want to avoid. I'm just not paying any of these any of these players ahead of him in a buy low situation. I'm not giving Sutton or DK or DJ Moore for him. The players below him are the ones I would be trying to use. If I want to buy low Cooper cup, Keenan Allen, Diggs, Galladay. Those are the guys that I think could potentially be used to acquire Beckham. And and those, those are the moves I would make. It it wouldn't be certainly wouldn't be surprising to see him bounce back. Uh, We know that, the, the coaching change in Cleveland, hopefully that should change things, but there's still plenty of questions. We, we don't, we don't know if Baker Mayfield is actually a, a high end NFL quarterback. We're, we're just not sure at this point and Beckham's not, not getting any younger. So uh, it, it's going to be hard to see him gain value at this point. I share those concerns as well. And, and Matt, you, you kind of gave us your thoughts on Beckham. I was nodding my head throughout that as well. One of those guys that feels like if everything came together again, could be that wide receiver one overall. And that's why I kept him in tier two, but because of the risk and and what we've seen, not only in his first year in Cleveland, but also towards the end with the giants, with all the off the field stuff and just the, just the stuff that makes you kind of cringe when you think about his dynasty value, uh, he, he stayed in tier two. Now, now I, I feel great about him, him being with DJ Moore, DK Metcalf and AJ Brown in this tier. But a lot of what Ryan said there, I felt really good about as well. I, I'm not trading any of those three players. I'm not trading Cortland Sutton to get Odell Beckham Jr. Either. Some of those other guys that you have in this tier though, Keenan Allen and Cooper cup, I I'd, I'd gladly send one of those guys to get Beckham Jr. and and have that wide receiver one overall upside. So it feels to me like we we have a tier of four, maybe five, if we start talking about Cortland Sutton, who who you were without in this tier. Uh, Your your thoughts, first of all, on Sutton, and then secondly, are are you at peace with Beckham falling in tier two? 
Yeah, I'm totally fine with Beckham in tier two. And I, I understand the reasoning why, you know, like I said, he's disappointed two years in a row. I do think there are some extenuating circumstances surrounding that and the talent hasn't gone away. Um, but yeah, I, I, I agree with you. He, I would not move any guy in tier, in tier one for, for Odell Beckham. I, depending on my team situation, I, I, I might, I might consider moving someone like Metcalf or Brown for him. Uh, but, but, you know, it's, it's, it's a toss up. I think at that point, I think you're looking at a one, one on one for one trade, uh, if that's going to happen, or maybe even you get more, maybe you get something on top of OB of, uh, of OBJ, if you're going to move Metcalf for him, you know, I, that may be the situation we're at, uh, with Allen and Allen and cup. Like I, I, the hate is there. I know it's, we're seeing it in the mock drafts and a super flex mock. I saw him drop all the way to the fifth round, but I, I really don't understand it. You guys, I mean, 104 catches last year, 97 catches the year before 102 catches the year before that, uh, 1100 plus yards in each of those seasons, you know, the touchdowns, he's never going to be a big touchdown guy, but, but six touchdowns in each of the least the last three seasons as well. Uh, we have the Philip Rivers situation happening, but if it's Tyrod, I have total faith in Tyrod being able to run that offense and, and be able to get the ball to Keenan Allen. Mike Williams has not really materialized as a legitimate, you know, uh, kind of a go-to guy for that offense. So uh, Keenan Allen, I know he's going to be 28 next year, but he's still at the tail end of that prime and he's the type of receiver, you know, based on what, how he gets open with his route running abilities that I can see producing into those early thirties uh, totally fine. And then Cooper cup, you know, I, I'm not going to go too far in, 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 in my expounding my love for him, but the same thing, you know, we're seeing 90 plus catches from him every single season. Uh, clearly the, 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 the target hog, if you want to say something in that offense, we did see a drop off last season. Once they start, went to the two, two tight end sets, you know, I think that was maybe more of a product of Brandon cooks getting hurt with that last concussion and not really being productive. So uh, I can't imagine they're not going to have cut back on the field for, for the majority of the snaps again. So for me, cup is a, a cup and Allen are both fringe wide receiver ones in fantasy. Um, I don't know. I don't know how else to present an argument for those guys. I just feel like if, if you want to win and you like 90 catches, then those two guys are pretty much a lock for, for that kind of range and you know provide some kind of stability to your wide receiver core every week where you don't have these, these huge swings with some of these big guys like you were talking about in Mike Evans. Yeah, and, and I agree with everything you just said there, Matt. They're guys that I want on my team, but they they feel like a tier below the the – like elite upside youth that we talked about with more DK Metcalf and AJ Brown. And then if you throw L Dale Beckham jr. Into that as well, um, Cortland Sutton is the, is the other guy in this tier for Ryan and myself. Seems like since two of us want Sutton in here, maybe he, maybe he falls at the end of tier two and we move on to tier three. Yeah. I'm, I'm good with that. I just, the quarterback play is again, a concern for me. I'm, I'm not a believer in lock and I mean, he, he proved that he can produce with lock. So I'm fine putting him there. Yeah, I think it's that, again. That's fair to have concerns about the quarterback play, and and honestly, after his rookie season, I had some con- concerns about uh, Cortland Sutton as well because he had a chance to step up and and be that wide receiver one, and it didn't happen. He was outproduced and outplayed by Deshaun Hamilton and uh, and and even others on that team. So that was that was a worry for me after year one. Year two, he wiped all of those away. He looked like a dominant wide receiver to me the entire season before the Sanders trade, after the Sanders trade. Uh, and then it w- kind of going back to this whole tier of, of these young guys, mostly young guys, Moore, Metcalf, A.J. Brown, Sutton. The thing that separates those guys uh, for me from Keenan Allen and Cooper Cup and a couple of the other players that are in my tier three, I, I feel like any of those could be 
overall wide receiver ones sometime in the near future. If you told me that this time next year that DJ Moore or, or Cortland Sutton is now valued as the wide receiver one in dynasty and they're a top three, top five startup pick that that would not be a surprise at all. Um, and honestly, that's why I have Beckham um, in that third tier as well. I, I don't think Beckham can get back to that point, but uh, I will concede a, a tier two spot for him, certainly. But Allen and Cup, there's there's just no way they're they're ever going to get there value-wise. They are going to have that production. I agree with you, Matt, but the value just, just can't get there. And that tier, we're going to move on to tier three here in just a moment. But let's tie tie a bow on on tier two. First of all, DJ Moore, DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, Odell Beckham Jr., and Cortland Sutton. So that that gives us thirteen players all, all the way through that fringe wide receiver one, and, and and we start talking about wide receiver twos in tier three here. Now this this feels like a tier that should be full of guys that you're excited about having as your second wide receiver on a fantasy team in a twelve team league. And I think that Keenan Allen and Cooper Cup are dripping with that. There's there's a couple other names that we all included in Tier 3 or, or Tier 2, and that's Stephon Diggs and Kenny Galladay. So that, that, I guess, sets a base for where we start off with Tier 3. Matt, I feel like these are guys that we were, were excited about having as our wide receiver twos. If you have them as your wide receiver one, you're, you're maybe – a little concerned unless you have another guy in the same tier to, to pair with them a little concerned about not having that elite type of upside who else fits with these four players, Diggs, Allen, Galladay, and cup. Yeah, I, I definitely agree there, especially with, with Stefan Diggs. you know, we see him go up and down all season long. Uh, I, I again, Keenan Allen, Cooper cup, I think are rocks, you know, like Cooper cup, the wide receiver six overall last year, Keenan Allen, the wide receiver eight overall last year. Uh, the other guys I would add here, uh, again, I'm, I differ a little bit on AJ Brown just because of the, uh, the quarterback in the offensive scheme. But the other guys that I have here, certainly Kenny Galladay, we saw him, you know, really kind of take off with Matthew Stafford in the first eight games of the season and was kind of robbed of, of that second half and had to deal with guys like David Blau and uh, Jeff Jisco for a little while. Um, and then I'm, I'm throwing uh, Calvin Ridley here and, and Tyler Lockett as well. And I, I have Court and Sutton here, but, you know, again, like I said, I'm fine hit with him in tier two. Uh, the one guy that I don't think he's here because we're concerned with him being your wide receiver one on a competing team, but you know, obviously a little bit older. That's Julio Jones for me. You know, I, if if I'm on a team that has a, it's a little bit older of a squad. You know, I, I maybe I've won or finished in the top three to five uh, in in 2019, and I'm going into 2020 trying for one last push or something. I'm fine having Julio as my wide receiver one. I still think he's that guy, um, but he's down in this tier mostly for that age based situation that he's dealing with. So I had Julio Jones in this one as well. I had Calvin Ridley at the top of this tier. So those two are in both of ours. Ryan, you pretty much stuck to what we have to this point. Like you said earlier, you had Beckham. You also had the four guys that we've already established in tier three, Cup, Galladay, Allen, and Diggs. Your thoughts on specifically the two Falcons, Ridley and Julio Jones? Yeah, this is this is one of those that I could see myself changing uh, here once we're done with the show. I, I do think now that I'm looking at it, Ridley certainly belongs in this group, so I'm I'm on board with him as a tier three receiver, and, and Julio as well. Uh, e- even though uh, he may not fit in from an age perspective, uh, the, the production is just too much. And I think we kind of had the conversation. I believe it was with quarterbacks. Do you want one year of Breeze or? 
three years of Sam Darnold, something like that, I think was the example we used. And it, it might be the same thing with Julio, except I don't think we only have one year left. Do you, do you want two or three years of Julio or do you want five years of Stefan Diggs? And I, I think that's probably a fair conversation to have. So yeah, I'm, I'm good with, with both Falcons in that group. Okay, so that expands the tier just a little bit. I, I think you make a good point there with the two to three years of Julio, and I don't think you're going to find a lot of dynasty owners out there, fellas, that are going to say it, that it's not at least one year of that kind of great Julio or maybe even elite Julio. We, we didn't see a huge tail off in 2019. I don't think anybody expects him to fall off a cliff in 2020. So that's what put him in tier three. I'm glad we established him in this group. Ridley, I, I've waxed poetically about him enough. So I'm glad he's in as well. The other, the, the outcasts here, Matt, you had Tyler Lockett in this group. Uh, we, Ryan and myself both had him in tier four. And then I had Debo Samuel in this tier. Uh, he didn't even, he, he, he cracked tier four for both of you as well. Um, it, it feels to me like Debo Samuel made that impression towards the end of the season. He took once Emmanuel Sanders got there, Sanders had that short little run, but then as the season drug on and into the playoffs and even the Super Bowl, it felt like Debo Samuel was the dominant receiver on that roster. The guy that defenses were, they were concerned about him. He's a running back after catching the ball. Uh, really, really runs players over. I, I'm really excited about his upside. I, I can see having him in tier four and there being the difference between that group with Galladay and Allen and Cup and Ridley and, and Julio Jones. There, Debo Samuel obviously isn't those aren't those players just yet. But he feels like he has that potential, and he could he could rise really, really quickly going through twenty twenty and beyond. I guess I think the one difference here is I don't. I guess you could probably maybe say the same thing for Lockett too. But I don't see Debo as someone who is definitely going to be a fantasy wide receiver one at some point in his career. He feels like a rock solid wide receiver two for his entire career, and that's certainly valuable. But I'm not sure that I see the upside to to move up into that, you know, possibly move up into that tier one area uh, at any point in his career. Uh, just not only not only based on the offense end, but you know. They don't have an alpha receiver year. There's lots of alpha receivers in this draft class, and maybe they take one, maybe they don't. Uh, maybe they stick with this plan of just having lots of interchangeable parts that can do relatively the same thing. Uh, but I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong there, but I don't see him as like that true wide receiver one, whereas the rest of these guys in this tier, they've either done, either done it in the past or the potential is there. Ryan, I see you slowly <laughs> adjusting these rankings as we as we have this conversation. Talk a little yeah, bit I'm, about. I'm not what waiting you just did. until after the show to make changes. I'm doing it now. So I, I move. <laughs> that makes yeah, it really it's, easy it's, on the host. Just drive. keeping you on your toes. <laughs> uh, so I moved Ridley and Julio up, as I mentioned. But guys in that fourth tier that I had uh, valued similarly to those, I also bumped up, which uh, is, is Debo Samuel and Michael Gallup. Uh, we talked about the the questions and. Uh, the questions about Amari Cooper and does he stay in Dallas? And at this point, I think it's a near lock that Dallas somehow finds a way to keep Dak Prescott, whether that's a franchise tag or or hopefully a contract extension. But if it's the tag, that's that's exposing Amari Cooper to leave, and that gives a huge opportunity and huge value to Michael Gallup. And honestly, even if even if Cooper is back, assuming Dak is back as well. I still like Gallup as a as a player who will 
continue to gain value. We saw him uh, nearly match Amari's production last year in that breakout season. So I'm on board with Samuel, um, maybe a little bit ahead of, uh, ahead of the curve on that, uh, although he's been he's been really gaining value as well, according to our ADP mocks. Uh, I think he's up in that fourth round range now, so uh, he's not a guy that you can sneak in and, and steal. Yeah, he's not. I, you know, I'm kind of uh, angry with myself because as we were starting to record tonight, I moved Michael Gallup down out of this tier, and, and I had him here with Debo Samuel for a lot of the reasons you just mentioned and, and maybe the Amari – uh, stuff as well. So I'd, I'd be fine with Gallup being in here. Obviously, I like Debo being in here. Matt, talk to me about your thoughts on these guys and if you're willing to make that lunch. Yeah, I spoke a little bit about Samuel, and I guess I'm willing to put him up here. But like to say that Sam Debo Samuel is in the same tier with guys like Cooper Cup and Keenan Allen and Odell Beckham, I just I, I don't see that. Gallup, on the other hand, I you guys changed my mind. I mean, he was really impressive last year, and if Amari does leave, he's he's definitely the guy. Um, so I, I think Gallup is probably right there on par with uh, with with Calvin Ridley for sure. Uh, I think he's probably right on par there with Cortland Sutton as, w- as well. So uh, totally fine with that. Debo, I'm, I'm probably not going to go there, but it's two to one. So I'll, I'll take the hit there. That's fine. <laughs> we appreciate it, Matt. So that wraps up tier three. We ended up with eight guys in this tier as well. Stefan Diggs, Keenan Allen, Kenny Galladay, Cooper Cup, Kelvin Ridley, Julio Jones, Debo Samuel, and Michael Gallup. Before we move on to tier four, I want to talk to you guys about our friends over at DynastyOwner.com. Do you think you're smarter than an NFL GM? Do you think you're the best at fantasy football? Well, now's your chance to prove it. If you're listening to this program, you're probably already a Dynasty owner, but maybe you haven't heard of DynastyOwner.com. Dynasty Owner is not your typical fantasy sports game. It's for smart, elite fantasy football players. Dynasty Owner is the only patented fantasy football game using actual NFL salaries and contracts. They don't use make-believe, on-demand-based salaries and contracts. Instead, they use the actual NFL player contracts and salaries. You manage the team from all levels, owner to general manager to coach. Just like DLF, there is no off-season in Dynasty Owner. The rookie draft matters, fantasy or free agency matters, every contract matters. Dynasty Owner just finished their beta season in 2019 and are now working on a mobile app for iOS and Android, and it'll be ready for rookie drafts in May. Win weekly prizes, seasonal prizes, and compete in the chase for the ring. Join the big leagues today, the big leagues of fantasy football, and sign up for the waiting list at www. DynastyOwner.com. So let's recap where we're at here, fellas. Tier 1, eight players, Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, Juju Smith-Schuster, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Amari Cooper. A little smaller in Tier 2 as we only placed five players in here. DJ Moore, DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, Odell Beckham Jr., and Cortland Sutton. Tier 3 got a little larger once again. Eight players, Stephon Diggs, Keenan Allen. Kenny Galladay, Cooper Cup, Kelvin Ridley, Julio Jones, Debo Samuel, and Michael Gallup. Let's talk a little bit about Tier 4, guys. And this is where things probably begin to get a little bit messy. You can kind of have guys all over the board. 
We did agree on a few players. That's Tyler Lockett, Allen Robinson, and DJ Chark. But we're doing this kind of off the off the off the handle. We're 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 each throwing our rankings together, and as we talk, we're making a few changes. I'm, I'm kind of highlighting players that are missing out of certain tiers for some guys, but not others. There's a lot of highlighted players here. I I want to start with Marquise Brown. He feels like a guy that belongs in this tier. He had the br- the breakout performances in 2019. Another rookie. I think he's probably closer to tier three than he is for tier to tier five for me. Ryan, you didn't have you were the one that didn't have Marquise Brown listed. Matt and I both did. Talk to me about Marquise Brown and what's holding you back from moving him up with Lockett, Robinson, and DJ Chuck. Well, we talked about this a little bit with, with Evans and with Amari Cooper, and it's it's just those those low you know, those low end game. I, I don't think he had any zero point games, but he had um he, he had several that were single digit fantasy points. In fact, he had four out of his uh last five games were single digits. He had uh eight on the year that were single digit fantasy points. So, you know, he was, he was compared to uh, a guy like Deshaun Jackson coming into the league, the smaller frame and the, the big play potential, the deep threat. And that's kind of what we saw from players like DJX is that boomer bust and that boomer bust f- fantasy production from a week to week basis. So to rank him in this tier with, with some of the players that feel a little bit safer, like Allen Robinson, that it was just too high for me. But as Matt has said a few times, I'm I'm being outvoted, and that's okay. We're really talking when we get to tier four, and you know, with these three that we've already listed: Tyler Lockett, Allen Robinson, and DJ Chark in tier four. We're already into the wide receiver threes. So so these are guys that you're you're probably not excited about having as your wide receiver two in 2020 right away. Uh, but probably have that kind of upside moving forward, and you're you're probably all right playing as your wide receiver three. Uh, Marquise Brown seems to fit that bill for me. There's a few other players that do the same thing. Devontae Parker, I think if he didn't squash all your concerns in 2019, I don't think he ever will. That finish that he had uh, really after the first couple of weeks when he was the same old Devontae Parker with uh, in, a, in a struggling offense with – uh, with a quarterback that that's been a journeyman that, that it, it was incredible he he belongs he's a guy I'm thrilled to have as a wide receiver three now Curtis Samuel he feels like he qualifies as well same kind of mold as Marquise Brown ups and downs for sure um, he has DJ Moore to to battle for touches in that offense of course so that changes things slightly but but he's at least close to this conversation for me and then the last two I had Tyler Boyd um he's at least proven to some extent feels like that wide receiver three that you want, which is what we're talking about here. And then Miko Hardman strictly for the upside. Um, if Sammy Watkins is gone, Hardman's price is going to go skyrocket. So that speed on that field with that offense just fits so well. So Hardman's another guy that I feel like fits the mold of those wide receiver threes that should be kind of sprinkled in throughout this tier four. Last guy I had was Nikhil Harry, and that's strictly for for that upside, and I know there's quarterback questions and and all those things, and he doesn't have the production that maybe we talked about with Brown or some of the other younger receivers that we went through in the first three tiers, including Debo Samuel, who is already in in tier three above these guys, but but I think we're we're still excited about his upside. Still feel like he has he has a lot of room to grow, and, and a guy that we want on our dynasty teams. 
It might be a tip of a cap to, to put him in tier four, but I did have him there. So, Ryan, I guess I'll throw it to you. You can react to all of that and, and just let us know what you think, if, if we can expand this tier or if you're, if you're pretty solid with what you have here. No, I think we definitely need to expand this tier. After, after moving the, uh, the other foursome up, Ridley, Julio, Gallup, and Debo Samuel, uh, that left me with just DJ Chark, Christian Kirk, Allen Robinson and Tyler Lockett. And looking at some of the other players you're mentioning, Tyler Boyd, certainly, uh, Mecole Hardman, I think, fits, and, and Hollywood Brown. These players just aren't, uh, aren't different enough in fantasy value or in production to really uh, break them into separate tiers. So looking at uh, the top of my next tier, Jarvis Landry, Tyler Boyd, Nikhil Harry, um, Michael Hardman and Brown are in there. Wood, uh, Robert Woods is in there. Terry McLaurin. Honestly, probably all of those players fit. This feels like it could be a really large tier. Matt, what are your thoughts on this group? You, you and I, we, we shared a brain on a lot of these guys. I know you had Hollywood Brown in there. Christian Kirk was a guy that you shared with, with, with Ryan as well. You, you went as far as adding Woods and Kirk and McLaurin and, and Boyd, even, even added John Brown here. So your thoughts on this tier, first of all, what does it replicate for you? I, I mentioned that they're the wide receiver threes for me. I'd like to see some upside out of these guys, obviously as well, but what do you see a tier four player being and who are some of the names that you feel uh, strongly belong here? Yeah, I think we're close to the edge of the wide receiver twos and the start of the wide receiver threes for sure. But I do want to give I, – I, I, we are all we all have Allen Robinson in this tier, but I do we do need to give him a little bit of respect because despite the terrible quarterback play last year, he finished as the wide receiver seven last year. So, you know, he's in our, our wide receiver two – end of the wide receiver twos, top of the wide receiver three tiers, and that's where I'm pretty comfortable with him at just based on his situation. But – you know, he, he can produce like a wide receiver one, clearly, right? Uh, and then John Brown is another guy that I figured would be a, a point of contention here. Wide receiver 15 last year, career highs in receptions and yards, nearly a career high in touchdown, just one off of his, his career high there. Uh, it just seems like the perfect location for him. He's obviously a little bit older, uh, but, you know, he's finally found his spot. He's found the perfect quarterback with him. He's found a spot where the sickle cell stuff isn't going to be an issue for him. So I, I don't really see him falling off too much from what he did last year they're probably going to add another wide receiver there but John Brown seems to have that con- connection with with Josh Allen and I don't see him falling out of the wide receiver two realm uh really without some kind of injury or some kind of a, a, you know disaster with that offense in general so Brown is there for me he talked about Boyd McLaurin I'm willing to put in that situation but or in this tier but that situation in Washington is very scary for me uh Robert Woods uh he c- will continue to not get any respect and I understand <laughs> that but you know two seasons of a hundred of two seasons in a row of 1100 plus yards uh 90 catches last year you know the touchdowns certainly a, a concern with him with only two last season six the, the year before that probably not ever going to get to that double digit range but you know he's a i mean i don't know what else you want from him he's put up multiple thousand yard seasons in a row uh he's going to be 28 next year again right on the edge of that the, the end of that prime production for for a wide receiver so he fits fits for me Hilton going to be, I guess, going to be a 31 at some point in the middle of next season in the quarterback situation. We're not still uh, – uh, we still don't have any real clarity on, and uh, he's been injured the last two years. But I still think the talent is there. He's still unless, – unless, again, they go out and add a wide receiver in the first round, then I think he's still going to be the, the top guy in that offense. Um, and then uh, I also have Brandon Cooks here. Uh, 
he he is falling like a rock. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, like he seems like a huge. I mean, I think we've we've all mentioned this before. Like the the Rams passing offense in general, maybe outside of Cooper Cup, uh, it just seems like a huge buy right now. Like these guys, we've seen produce. We've seen uh, before this last season, before 2019, we saw four straight 1,000-yard seasons from from Brandon Cooks with three different teams. So he seems like somebody that should be here and can bounce back. The concussion history is definitely scary. Um, and then Kirk, yeah, Brian and I have him here. I think this is really – I think we're really looking at upside with, with Christian Kirk here. You know, in the offense that we like, with the quarterback that we like, uh, Larry Fitzgerald coming back again, so probably going to take a lot of uh, a lot of those targets again. He hit, had more targets than Kirk last season and wouldn't be out of the question if he did it again, but we're, we're looking at the future here in, in a dynasty format. Um, so uh, he's a guy that I feel fits here and is a kind of a little bit of a cut above our tier five guys. And, and then I guess one last guy that I have here that no one else does is, is Jarvis Landry. Uh, I mean, he's not going to be the 100 catch Jarvis Landry clearly from Miami, but he's an 80 catch, 1100 yard guy as well. So the, all of those guys, all, all those numbers from these guys, although they're a little bit older, uh, screams to me as like a late wide receiver two and, and wide or, or early wide receiver three and are just kind of screaming values right now in a dynasty format. I think. I think you made a really good point about Allen Robinson. And while none of us ranked him in that third tier initially, I kind of feel like he belongs more with that Julio Jones, Keenan Allen, Stefan Diggs tier than he does this group. So uh, I, I kind of think he deserves to be moved up, actually. Yeah, I was going to make the same point. I was nodding my head along with Matt as well. So you saying that makes me feel like we should we should just make the decision add Allen Robinson to the one above. And that makes a little room, guys, because the guys we're talking about in Tier 4, guys like Tyler Lockett and DJ Chark and Marquise Brown, Tyler Boyd, Nicole Hardman, Jarvis Landry, Nikhil Harry, Christian Kirk, T.Y. Hilton, Robert Woods, Terry McLaurin. These are all names we're all mentioning for this tier. I don't see a big difference between that and the guys that we have as consensus Tier 5 guys. Devontae Parker, Curtis Samuel, Brandon Cooks, Mike Williams, A.J. Green, a guy that listeners out there have to be thinking, when are they going to bring him up? Also, Adam Thielen and Will Fuller. These seem pretty similar. Is this tier a massive one that encompasses all of wide receiver 3 and and even partially into wide receiver 4, Ryan? Yeah, I really think it is. You you look at the top of the tier and it's Tyler Lockett and maybe you make an argument that he deserves to be moved up to. I'm I'm not quite there with that, but you, you look at Lockett versus uh, Fuller and Thielen and AJ Green and there's there's not much difference in their dynasty value. So I think it is a tier of nearly twenty receivers. It's almost like we have, you know, the studs and then you don't want to say everybody else, but clearly after these, the top 20 to 24 guys, like all of these guys we've been talking about have, you know, wide receiver three minimum upside every single week. And, and many of them have, have higher upside that on a week to week basis, depending on the, the matchup and the, and the game plan and all that stuff. So the wide receiver position is just, it's just a glut of talent right now all the way down the line. I mean, there's no way we're running out of time a little bit. So there's no way we're even get to tier six where we have guys like Paris Campbell and, and JGR Sega Whiteside and, 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 you know, Miles Boyd and all these guys that are, are clearly have a chance to move up here too. And then we have all these rookies coming in from 2020 class and it's just, it's a good time to, to be on, to, to have a need at wide receiver, I guess, because there's so much talent out there all the way down to about, it seems to me all, all the way down to about wide receiver 50, 55. 
Yeah, and and we haven't even gotten to these rookies that are on their way into the league, and and they're gonna they're gonna sprinkle in throughout this tier four and and even down to tier five and tier six, and and maybe even higher than that with some of those elite guys. Ryan, we're, we got a lot of time to talk about those guys, so so that's gonna change a lot of this. I I do want to quickly go to through this tier four. We we named all the names. We we added some of those guys out of tier five. I I just don't want to miss any names that that we all like and we we want them on dynasty rosters that next tier we had consensusly put all in in our tier six which we're changing to tier five guys like julian edelman and deontay johnson Corey davis uh darius slayton james washington sterling shepherd andy isabella paris campbell jjr saga whiteside even makes an appearance in that there there's other names like like robbie anderson and and marvin jones and and emmanuel sanders anthony miller is a really interesting name to me he belongs in this conversation preston williams is a guy i'm excited about and and some veterans like jamison crowder and alshon jeffrey more young guys like jalen hurd and and hakeem butler and and Keyshawn Johnson and and Alan Lazard, vets like Golden Tate and Larry Fitzgerald. We didn't even mention Brashad Perriman. This the list kind of goes on and on, and and we got to all these guys in our rankings, and and maybe that speaks to the depth, like you were talking about, Matt. That there's so many players to be excited about, and and buying into some of those fringe roster spots. I tried to rank all the players that that I thought were worthy of a roster spot, and I got all the way to 62. So it feels like it obviously a deep position guys, but once you get beyond that top mm, 36, maybe even 44, there's a huge, huge tier of, of a lot of those names that I mentioned. One takeaway for me in this exercise is you have so many options in startup drafts this year. Like if you want to build a wound round ride receivers, like all of us do, then you can you can take you know a bunch of these tier one guys that are kind of a flat tier tier two and tier three guys and build around that. But if you want to build around a different position, if you want to build around running back or you want to take a couple of early stabs at, at quarterback or, or tight end, you're still going to be fine at wide receiver. You're not going to have the the elite of the elite guys, but from a production standpoint, you're going to be totally fine. You're going to have these guys down at the bottom that still can put up a thousand yard seasons, uh, you know, in the seventh eighth round almost. So. Uh, this is a very fun time to be a dynasty owner and doing dynasty startups this year. Ryan, you've always been that guy that builds around the wide receiver position. I've seen it so many times in the teams that you've built, but you're doing a startup right now where where you've pretty much done what Matt said there. You, you've ignored the wide receiver position for the most part, and you're building you're building through those other positions and still excited about some of that upside that you see in tier four and five and maybe even beyond that that you can add to your roster and get some of that production. Yeah, for sure. So I'm through I'm through eight rounds and I only have one wide receiver and it's probably not a surprise that it's Amari Cooper. Part of the reason for that is the the league settings that uh, it's super flex and tight end premium start two running back. So uh, all of those things impact the other positions and, and make them kind of close the gap on the wide receiver position that we do all like to build around. But the other reason I'm able to do that is because of the depth of of the position right now. You just look at the names available and, and guys that are still still there on the board at round eight. Um, a lot of the names that we've talked about, even in this, this fourth tier, and you feel pretty confident starting them each week. I mean, guys like T.Y. Hilton and, and Curtis Samuel and uh, Mike Williams, A.J. Green, all of those guys still available. And it helps you build your other positions 
knowing that you can make up the difference in, in wide receiver later. The, the drop-off in those other positions is just so much deeper than wide receiver right now yeah. after you get out of those top top tier, maybe the top two tiers. And the top we get to, we, we did it last week with the tier three running backs. We didn't really feel comfortable about, about any of those guys. So uh, it just seems like the way that this, this is going with it becoming a passing league and so much wide receiver talent coming in. Yeah, maybe the takeaway from this entire exercise to this point is is if you're listening to these podcasts because you're you got a startup coming up that that maybe the best way to to do it is to do what Ryan is doing, build through those other positions, maybe get that get that stud guy that you really want to build around but then ignore the position until you need to again later and and build that depth on those positions where there is that steep drop off before we get out of here guys i want to once again mention our friends over at dynastyowner.com go check them out i want to thank all the listeners that have signed up for those those teams over at safeleaguefantasy.com slash orphans using code dynasty they're going to get a chance to play ryan matt and myself in the dlf listener league this year we have three openings we're going to draw for those for every time you use that code dynasty over at safeleaguefantasy.com slash orphans you get into that drawing for matt and ryan i'm dan this has been the dlf dynasty podcast i'll catch you again next week